Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. Happy uh, whatever day of the week it is. Thursday. Thursday. It's Thursday. Thursday, yes. Uh, Boy, that, that, that sounded like a barker on the radio. Thursday, 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 be there. Just around the corner from the weekend. How's that? Does that sound good? You can hey, almost you know see what? the it's weekend. Holiday, holiday weekend. Yeah, we're going to have an extra day off. Wow, really? Yes, we're not going to be here on Monday live. I mean, you can listen to our our weekend broadcast, which will have a lot of stuff. And if there's some kind of major uh, situation, some kind of major political crisis or national crisis, uh, we'll come back. If uh, if one of us, uh, if uh, both of us can't come back, at least one of us will. Oh, I'll find a way to come back. I might be via the phone. I mean, it's a busy weekend for me. And uh, mm-hmm. who knows? You know, uh, you know, we, we touched on something before we started. Because you brought up OPEC, and I was sitting there going, "Oh yeah," because there was there was a thing about, yeah, the 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 temporary reduction in gas prices that they were so excited about, mm-hmm. you know. Now they're saying in the fall we're going to be looking at four and five dollars a gallon just in time for, well, the holidays. But actually, forget that that might be wrong. And I even saw yeah. where somebody said, "Oh no, 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 you're talking ten, twelve dollars a gallon." But now comes news, it could be double even that. Well, let me explain. What happened yesterday? Okay, this will give you a pretty good idea of where we're where we are right now. As you know, as most of our audience knows, in July, Joe uh, went to the Saudis, OPEC, the oil producing exporting countries. That's what OPEC stands for. I think there are thirteen of them, and he went hat in hand. He said. We uh, we really need your best deal on oil because uh, well we're not producing it anymore you know we've cut back on our our drilling you know we were self sufficient with oil and fuel when Donald Trump was president we didn't need to go to OPEC or Venezuela or any of those countries that's just a matter of fact okay so if you are you're saying what do you mean check it out for yourself you'll see that what I'm saying is true. But Joe and his Green New Deal, he came into office and immediately shut down all domestic drilling, or most of it, and uh, made it so that we are taking from our reserves. Now, how much of our reserves are we using? We are using more of the reserve than any other president, any other administration in the history of our country. As a matter of fact, Joe's administration has taken more oil from the reserve than any of our past presidents combined. Combined. I mean, mm. you take them all together, and they don't meet what Joe's been taking, and he's not done. Okay? So, what happens yesterday is uh, the people from OPEC+. Plus. OPEC+, Plus is the oil-producing, exporting countries, plus 10 or 11 other countries who are who back in, like, 2014 decided that they would join forces, make this new group that was even stronger than OPEC was by itself. And one of those members of that group is Russia. Aha! Okay, now, they meet in Austria yesterday, and they decide that uh, cutting a million barrels a day that wasn't the right that wasn't the right deal that that wasn't what they wanted to do no they decided to cut it 2 million barrels a day 2 million barrels of oil cut okay so there goes joe biden's fist bump with the uh, saudi prince <laughs> right down the old hopper well uh, now think about this mm-hmm. somebody took out the nordic stream that which is well. Russia's that's exactly money. where I'm going with this. That's exactly where I'm going. Right. You, you're 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 getting the way this is going, my friend. <laughs> we spit at thee, and uh, yeah. thee spit at me. There exactly. You go. So, uh, the good people in Russia got together with the good people in OPEC and said, "Hey guys, you know, I we just got screwed by." Uh, even though they won't admit it, but we know it was probably the United States that had some, um, they, they had something to do with the destroying the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines, okay? If they didn't do it directly, 
they may have had uh, another country do it for them, but they they were involved. Okay, we so, have a history. Yes, yes. So, so they say to OPEC, let's uh, let's say, let's double that from one million barrels a day to two million barrels a day. Well, a CNN reporter said that. Uh, how did he put it? He said, I, "I have it here in my sweaty little palm somewhere." They're panicking in the White House. They're panicking in the White House. Think about this for a second. If you're going to blow up a fuel supply source like Nord Stream One and Two, and think there right. aren't going to be any aren't going to be any consequences, isn't that being really short sighted and not thinking things through? Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, you have to you have to think through the whole game. If I were a coach. And my only plan was the next play, the next play, right? Not the whole game plan. Just I have one play ahead, right? I'd be the lousiest coach in the world. And what Joe, what it looks like to me is that Joe and his administration planned on attacking Nord Stream 1 and 2 because, you know, Biden said it. He said it on the podium in front of uh, uh, the press. He said if they go into the Ukraine with their tanks, there will be no more Nord Stream 1 and 2. And the, a reporter said, how are you going to do that? And he said, trust me, we can do that. And, and so what has happened here is the Russians have gotten together with their allies and said, hey, uh, let's, put it to, uh, let's put it to the United States. They stuck it to us. They, they made it difficult for us. Let's make it difficult for them. And, and you well, know, Bill, you mentioned something before the show. What is this going to do for gas prices? You you travel regularly to see a friend in uh, in New England. That's about what 150 200 miles each way. That's roughly 150 miles. So that trip, you know, round trip right now will cost me to three hundred dollars tops in gas. Yeah. All right. Now with the current situation, well, it's going to cost. Uh, eh, Two to, you know, maybe two to 400 bucks. But if it gets up in the $10 range, $12 range, or potentially what they're saying could get up now because of what happened yesterday, $20-$25. Well, now, you know, um, we're talking some serious money there just to, you know, do these, uh, you know, twice a month jaunts. Mm -hmm. That's going to be tough. I don't know how people who drive long distances to work are going to be able to afford their work. I mean, when I worked in New York City, for example, I would drive sometimes. I lived outside of Manhattan. I lived in Connecticut. And the trip, and this is back in the 70s, okay? The trip was 84 miles each way. So uh, if, I, if I were doing that same trip today. Well, they're going to make the push. For, well, this is the reason we got to go electric, but we already know, you know, tell that to Florida that's still underwater. Yeah. And if you got an electric car down there, where are you charging it? You know, and would you want to stand in the water and charge it? Oh my gosh. Plug it in? Oh my gosh. No. No. I mean, you know, all those electric cars in Florida that are down in the Fort Myers area, uh, they're just, they're done. Uh, they're toast. They're paperweights. Hey, look. Yeah, you know, when a car gets flooded, even if it's a gasoline-powered car, mm -hmm. it's totaled. It's junk. Yeah. But with a battery, a lithium battery at that, it's a bomb. Yeah. But either way, that battery's no good. I mean, water from, you know, the negative to the positive is a short. Have you and seen them try to put out a, Have you seen them try to put out a fire bill of a car an electric car? They had uh, to done. teach they had to teach firefighters a new procedure. Uh, for putting out electric fires, car fires. Yeah, because it's not like a house that has an electric fire where you go and cut the power off to it. If the if the source of the power is what's on fire in the car, can you can't exactly reach in, flip a switch. And if the water is an accelerant, meaning if you yeah. if you if you're hosing it down and it's just making it worse, you have to have an alternate plan, some other way of putting that fire out. Yeah, you got to neutralize the water is what you got to do, I would think. I'm not I'm not an expert on this, but you got to neutralize it because it's a conductor and it is an accelerant with the, you know, the, the saltine. It, mm -hmm. It's just, it's a mess. 
and they want to they want to get us into electric cars. I don't understand it. I mean, it doesn't make sense. We talked about this yesterday. If we had a country set off a nuclear explosive and there was an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse, it would fry most of our electronics, at least the electronics Absolutely. in the area, and that would fry your car. Absolutely. Now, people may say, well, if you were driving a gas car, a new, a new gas car, it would be fried too, because there are a lot of electronics in that. But I would say, yeah, maybe so. But if you have some older cars out there that are less reliant on the electricity, you know, uh, I mean, heck, uh, 57 Chevys, classic cars would be in demand because there's so, so little electronics involved, you know? Yeah. Well, it's no, going it's- it's a mess. It's going to be, it's only going to get worse. And, uh, the sad thing is, let's say that we go, well, we got to correct this problem in a year and a half. Joe has taken his four so far down and he's dug such a deep hole that it's going to be take a while to climb out and cover up this hole. There's some, there's another milestone. If you don't mind me shifting here, mm-hmm. uh, that just happened. Uh, because, you know, thank God Joe is paying down the national debt, you know, We've, we've already cut the debt by several trillion dollars. You know him saying that even in the past month. He said that. I haven't heard well, him say it. Na- well, he has said that he's has cut he, the debt. <laughs> he said he's cut the all debt. All I see is money with wings on it flying out the, the well, door. Speaking you know? of the money with wings, we yes. just hit the milestone of $31.4 trillion in debt. Unbelievable. Do you realize it wasn't too long ago, Bill? That uh, I can remember people saying we're now three trillion dollars in debt, and will our kids will never be able to pay it back? I'm sa- I'm talking like 25 years ago, three trillion dollars in debt, and that was like obscene. Now, what did you say it was? Thirty thirty one point four trillion dollars. You don't believe me? Mm-hmm. Google it. Look it up. By now, they're probably out there trying to spend it. Well, you know that's really. Uh, that that's just a monetary number, but when you factor in all of this stuff, they're going to put some voodoo logic and math behind it to say it's it's not. You know real. what the attitude in Washington is, though. We have we have the printing press. We'll just keep printing money. I'm serious. These jerks in Washington think, well, hey, it's only money, and we can just print as much as we need. Never mind inflation. You know, some people collect currency from around the world because you can get big denomination bills from other countries uh, that are cheap because their economy is not anywhere near ours. Well, now they probably are. Uh, but Zimbabwe, um, they uh, they had the same attitude. We'll just keep printing bigger and larger bills. You know, somebody once in a, in one of these cleanouts in a, in, in a uh, storage shed found money, Zimbabwean money, mm-hmm. and they had a $15 million bill. And they thought, well, what's <laughs> it worth? Well, it's not even worth the paper it's printed on. It might be worth a penny. Yeah. And that's not even to a collector. So <laughs> there, yeah. there's millions of those $15 million bills, and they ain't worth jack poop. Yeah. So, Well, you know, it's even like during our history, during the uh, American Civil War, uh, half of our country was living on an economy that use Confederate uh, dollars, Confederate dollar right. bills. And as soon as that war ended, if, if your wealth was in Confederate dollar bills, you, you were, were broke. you were broke. Exactly. You were stuck. And uh, there were a lot of people in the South who had converted to Confederate dollars who were up the Creek. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, the situation now is not very good. Gasoline in California, I heard was over seven fifty yesterday. Mm-hmm. The the uh, people on Wall Street responded to this negative news poorly. I mean, it's just getting worse and worse. And and when you hear news that your administration's response to the increase in the cost of the in the cut of two million barrels a day, the response was panic in the White House. That's you don't want to hear that. You know, we don't you feel like you're on a bus and the driver isn't holding the steering wheel. Yeah, so you know we've talked about in uh, this this uh, whatever we got going on in Washington, and the midterms coming up, and you know the Democrats could use a a a good war 
right now so yeah. they could hold the office and stop the elections. Yeah. Could we have a war on the economy? Well, I mean, they got to do something. And, and the panic, by the way, people were saying was political because what's coming up in less than 30 days? The midterms. I think yeah, the, and I think it's what is the eighth November eighth, so we're like a thirty-two days away. 30 yeah, days. we're we're a month away, and yeah. they're you know now it's funny you know CNN's out there. I always find it interesting the mainstream media mm -hmm. they they throw stories out there and they act with glee and they talk about all oh, Trump's in for it now. All Trump's in for yeah. it now. Yeah. Well, they're really shoveling the pile of manure, but it's not his manure. It's Democratic manure, and they're throwing everything they can can. They're lobbying all kinds of uh, crap bombs at them. Unfortunately, you know, with that media and the fact that, you know, James Carville, you know, said a very evil thing. You know, yeah. they, they always say that the Republicans are evil, but he was one of their head strategists. And he came out, and he goes, well, you know, the Republicans, they're full of stupid people and stupid mm -hmm. people vote for stupid people. And you get stupid people in the White House. James, you're a freaking idiot, but yeah, there you true. go. They, well, and mean, you look like a dummy. I, I hate to say this, but I, I drive down the street, and when I see people with signs on the front lawn, for example, that say Fetterman, my first reaction is, oh, that the person in that house has to be dumb. I mean, they're not really dumb. But they're just not paying attention. I mean, a lot, I think there are a lot of people on the left who are traditionalists, meaning the family's been voting Democrat and I'm a Democrat. It's almost like a religion. They don't think about the politics. They just know that my dad was a Democrat and my dad's dad was a Democrat. So I have to be a Democrat. And by the way, I'm not saying that the Republicans are perfect by any stretch of the imagination. No, I think that they, they have, they have some uh, duplicitous people in their ranks, you know, well, you know, one of the things that you have is you have political parties, and political parties can be divisive. Now, the two big ones, the Democrats and the Republicans, and I will tell you right now, the Democrats are the biggest, most divisive party, but they're the strongest. Mm -hmm. They are the party that invented slavery. and Oh, they but they won't tell you that, Bill. They won't tell it. As a matter of fact, they'll kind of try to make you forget that, you know? And the, they're the party that basically ushered in the party that was there to get rid of slavery, the mm -hmm. Republicans, but they want to, anytime they do something bad, they project, they project your bad or their bad on you. On you. Yes. <laughs> and so, yes. you know, when a, when a Democrat says and accuses somebody of something, picture a mirror in front of them. For example, they told us that Trump was uh, working in collusion with uh, the Russians. Russia, 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 as Trump would say, right? Uh, but what is Joe doing? He's working with who? The Chinese, Chinese, Chinese. And he has been for years. And there's more proof of that than there was ever any proof of Trump having any uh, uh, you know, political relations with, uh, with the Russians. So jumping around, you know, the Mar-a-Lago thing and all, oh, you know, Trump stole all of that, 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 the, all those documents. Well, he didn't steal it, but you know what? I'm sitting there going, okay, they're, they're making the accusation. Basically what they're saying was he was an illegitimate president and he had no rights whatsoever. Uh, like Obama and O'Biden have, uh, or O'Biden. Oh, well, you know, it really is. <laughs> he is O'Biden. You know, I think I that might have been a <laughs> rebuild right there. A, a Freudian slip. slip. Maybe yeah. not. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, he doesn't have the same privileges. And, well, he took uh, 11 boxes, 15 boxes, 20 boxes. You know, and, and Trump said, you know, I didn't pack those boxes. And they're going, oh, well, when the FBI got there in uh, D.C., they were already packed. Okay. That mm -hmm. still doesn't say Trump packed it, but you know they want to say they want to they want to plant that thought in well, your mind. About, that have they gone into Obama's uh, office and gotten was it thirty three thousand or was it thirty three thousand thirty three million? That's what it was thirty three million documents uh, that he, he. I think they said. Well, I think he has it on thumb drives. So what? Well, actually, that's worse. Okay, yeah. If you're taking paper documents, there's the physical paper of it and there you go now they're right. going oh well you know trump was trying to find somebody to scan all this stuff in uh-huh yeah okay maybe so maybe not but the point is he has the rights to the documents that he wanted 
And again, we've gone over this. There is no protocol for a president to go, by the way, I need to have a meeting here, get all the people involved. I want to declassify these documents. He doesn't have to. There's been court cases in the past. And he is essentially, well, let's, he's not essentially, he is the commander-in-chief of all the military. He is the king of this castle. He's the king of this nation. What he says goes. So when he might have said jokingly, you know, I can think it, and uh, therefore it is. Well, actually, that's very true. Getting back to, uh, to the fuel situation, Biden's reaction yesterday was to turn to Congress, literally, and say, you got to find a solution to this. We got to find a solution uh, to our oil problem. He dumped it in Congress's lap yesterday because he has nothing. When actually, all he would have to do is turn to the oil companies and say, okay, we're going to go back to 2017 rules and regulations. You can start drilling here in the United States again and using our own oil because we have more than we'll ever need. It's a cleaner oil. It's, it's right there below our feet. And all he has to do is stop being a stupid person and letting them do it. Oh, yeah, and they found more reserves. What is it up in the Dakotas? They found a big, massive reserve a few years back. But you've got what's going on, on offshore. Oh, wait, we shut the Biden shut those down. Sure. But not, so we got to go out, check the rigs, maintain them, and get them fired up again and get crews out there. We can fill up our tankers, and we don't have to send our tankers to China and give it to them. And he goes hat in hand to OPEC, you know, last uh, last July. Hi, can you give us uh, your best deal on oil, please? Thank you very much, you know. And uh, they look at him like he's some kind of a fool, and then they they screw him even more yesterday. They doubled down on their screw. <laughs> I mean, and who's going to pay for it? You and I are going to pay for it. Well, that's the other point, you know. The politicians, because we pay for them, mm -hmm. no matter how tight the screw gets tightened, they can fly, they can drive, yep. they can do whatever they want because we pay for it. And any mistake they make, we suffer for it. How much are you willing to take? How far down in the ground are you willing to be stomped for Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Buttigieg, and uh, what's his putts, the transportation guy? Um, He's uh, he, Mrs. It, that's Buttigieg. Oh, that Buttigieg. is Buttigieg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then Beto O'Rourke and all of these yeah. other clowns and Schumer. And these guys are not worth These people are not worth it. And Nancy. Oh. And you, you have to remember that the price of oil is not just going to affect the pump. It's going to affect food prices. It's going to affect the cost of housing. It's going to affect new housing construction. It's going to affect every single aspect of our life. Everything is going to go up because it costs money to ship stuff from point A to point B. That's fuel that's being used, and the fuel prices are going up, and it's going to be passed along to you and I. Oh, there's going to be dynamic shifts in everything. You know, you talk about housing. Just think about this. Somebody selling a property that is centralized in a city mm -hmm. that's convenient where you don't have to travel and drive, well, that property just got some instant value to it because it's convenient, the convenience to your That's job. true. That's true. Now, you live out in the country. Oh, you know, I want to live out and how, enjoy the country, but I do have to commute into work. How would you like to be a... Uh, real estate, uh, a developer, and you've just built a track of houses, uh, 25 miles from the, from a major city, right? From but Pittsburgh. Yeah. No big deal. A couple of years ago, as a matter of fact, it wasn't, it was very commutable, very, uh, it's a nice location. Now you got all this investment in this development and they've just, uh, done this to the cost of fuel i mean i don't you're stuck even if you put a commuter train there it's still going to be expensive you can't do anything mm -hmm. with that it's going to hurt it's going to suck but all right truck drivers now they're really not union now you got the trains that are supposedly running again but that's a shaky contract but the truckers will pick up that slack although they can't pick up everything a train can but okay these truckers are going 
they're already bitching about the gas prices. Now, if they're going to not only double, but maybe quadruple, mm-hmm. all right, I'm sitting there bitching that I can buy a pound of meat hamburger, you know, to make my spaghetti. Right. And it's 9 to $11, maybe $12 a pound. And now, if the fuel prices do what they do, so that would make it uh, $25, $30 a pound, $35 a pound. Now, then I can go, well, you know what? I can do fake meat. I use the beans, the canned goods, and all of that stuff to make to make it if I don't buy it. Well, here's the problem with that. The, the, the supplies still have to be trucked in. So no matter which way I turn, food is off off the table. And remember, what hasn't changed is your salary. What hasn't changed is what you're making. It's not like everything's going up and so is your salary. Everything's going up but your salary. You're stuck. If you're a person on a fixed income, you know, let's say that you're disabled. Let's say that you've worked your life, you paid into the system, your company paid into the system, you're collecting Social Social Security. Security, Yeah. All right. Now they're talking about the COLA. Well, it's going to be pretty high. Now they're trying to do their voodoo adjustments here before they have to release it next week Mm -hmm. to bring it down a little bit. It's still going to be high, but bring it down. But it will be just high enough to where it will kick you into a tax category to where what you get will be taken back (laughs) and then some. And then all of a sudden. What you're saying, Bill, is now you see it. Now you don't. Now you see it. Now you don't. And by the way, we're going to raise the prices on everything because we have to. And, you know, that cushion that you had, we want that cushion and more. You're old. Screw you. You lived your life. You don't deserve anything. And what I've heard, and what I've heard, Bill, is the concern in in D.C., in Washington, isn't so much for all the things we just talked about. It's it's political. They're more concerned with what this is going to do to their chances in November. Well, I'll tell you, if things don't change— it ain't going to help because you're going to see every Republican saying, hey, look at the price of gasoline. Remember last month when your gas was uh, uh, three fifty a gallon, now it's $7? That's, that's the Democrats that are doing that. That's not the you Republicans. I'm going to offer a public service here because you always see a lot of the left Democratic people not thinking about the consequences. Mm-hmm. They listen to the memes that, or they watch the memes that are put out there and all the negative uh, commentary, which Joe throws out there in the Democratic Party, and they sit there and they smirk. Oh, that's funny. We got one right. over on you. Take the smirk off your face, pull your head out of the sand, and take a look around you and see what's really going on. And as a public service, if you can't get that smirk off your face, I won't even charge you a dime. I will volunteer to come over and slap the smirk (laughs) off your face. And I'll pull your head out of the sand and slap it off so you can look around. I I, I think you're going to find it there. Public service. I think, thank you very much. And now back to our regularly scheduled (laughs) show. Um, I don't think that's going to, I don't think you're going to get the Democrats who we were talking about, you know, the ones that are uh, long-term family kind of Democrats who really don't think about politics. Oh, they're going to vote against all this crap. Well, they're, they're just going to be voting Democrat because well, they're Democrat and they couldn't, I can't vote for a Republican. I can't vote for what Donald Trump stands for. When so actually, what you're telling me is they're brainwashed and then there is no yeah, hope. And that no, goes back to my prediction. It's like a religion. We talked about this yesterday. It's like a religion to them. So we got to figure out how to exercise this because what's going to happen in November, they're going to vote. And yeah, there might still be an overwhelming majority. And it's not might. There is. There is a big groundswell of people that are going, we've had enough. Enough is enough. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be at the polls. But I don't think... We're going to get to see those numbers because I think they're going to be hidden and disguised. And if they have to plan some kind of, you know, election demic, whatever it is, a war demic, a gas demic, a whatever demic, they're going to throw it our way and say it was a fair, legitimate election. These radical MAGA people, these dummies. They've done it for the last two years, right, with the 2020 election, and that you've seen time and time again proof that there was some kind of tampering 
uh, with the uh, with the figures in the 2020 election. And what happens is mainstream media says, no, 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 it's a big lie. They, they've called it the big lie. They've labeled your opinion of what happened in 2020 as the big lie. They've, they've made it so that it's so hard to even talk about it now. Uh, they've told uh, the social media companies to censor people who have uh, a different opinion about what happened in 2020. I mean, so many things are going against, uh, I think, rational, normal people like you and I, you know? Well, you know, you say they, they've done this still for the past two years. I'm going to say I think you can trace it back to at least eight years, to the midterms before Trump got in. Oh, yeah, I agree. And, and the reason for that is Nancy Pelosi on that uh, Colbert show or whatever it is the other night, well, let me tell you the secret. You want to hear it? You know what it is? Here we go. When Trump's not running, we win. Yeah. And by the way, do you notice how Trump's been out of office for two years? He's, quote, a citizen, a private citizen. Mm -hmm. They still attack him like he's the president. Uh, but what I found interesting, I didn't realize this. You know he's doing two separate uh, rallies this weekend? He's, I don't know why he's, he's doing all this stuff. Something's up, but he's doing an, uh, two rallies this weekend and he, the, he'll pack them both. They'll be a packed But stadium. they'll say that they didn't have a crowd there. You got to go and see for yourself the rallies and look it up and where there's smoke, there's a fire. Let me tell you, it's a big fire and it's, but they'll, they'll say, you know, we're rising up and it's an uprising and we're going to take over their democracy. And here's the problem with that our democracy thing. It is our democracy, but it's not our blue democracy, just like it's not our yeah. red democracy. It's our everybody's democracy. So don't you think that you own the candy jar? It's everybody. You know, during World War II, when you were out there fighting, the guy next to you, you didn't know whether he was a Republican or Democrat. And Just, you didn't care what uh, what his uh, race was either. He was an you American. He was an American, period. You're fighting yeah. for your freedoms and individual. You're fighting for your, your home. Yep. Well, uh, Joe was down in Florida yesterday. He flew in with uh, Jill into Florida, and uh, he, he visited with Governor DeSantis, and there's all this devastation and all this destruction, all this sadness. I have friends who uh, we contacted last night who lived down in that area that got, they got nailed by uh, the hurricane. They said that uh, th their house is still standing, but there's a ton of damage, water damage. It got all throughout their house. Uh, my friends, uh, all of his electric tools and things like that were destroyed. Uh, it, it's just a, a sad, sad situation. I said to him, but Hey, listen, you're still here. You're still alive. And if you pace yourself, everything will come, will return to normal. Don't try to do it all at once. And, uh, but the good news is they're still okay. So Joe goes down to Florida with Jill and he looks around. And the first thing he does is he says, uh, this is living proof that uh, there is climate change. Listen. Entire state of New Jersey, the, 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 as much room as that takes up. And the reservoirs out west are, are, are down to almost zero. We're in a situation where the Colorado River looks more like a stream. There's a lot going on. And I think the one thing this has finally ended is a discussion about whether or not there's climate change and we should do something about it. But folks, I also want to... Uh, Jill and I have had you all in our prayers, and I mean that sincerely. And Oh, my gosh. He mumbles mm -hmm. and stumbles. No preparation with his speeches. He just, it's uh, off the top of his head, and that's not a good thing for Joe. Have you noticed he's trying to use that, uh, that hurricane to embrace uh, Republicans and like he's bipartisan? Yeah. He has not been bipartisan since he got in office, mm -hmm. and but you know, like you said, take advantage of a of a good pandemic or whatever yeah. it is. Don't ever and let a good crisis go to waste. That's what. So he's trying to use this to say, "I've reached out." He's just bag of people don't want to. I've now, mind out. you, this is the same day that OPEC told you flipped him the the big you know 
the proverbial the fickle fa- finger of fate, right? Uh, oh, yeah, it's uh, a fickled finger, he's, all right. He's saying that even though your gas prices are going to go up, the climate change thing is really good, and we should still embrace it. Instead of turning around and saying, hey, look, at OPEC just uh, shafted us, so we're going to increase our own domestic oil. No, he is doubling down. He also is the consummate BSer. Okay, he is the consummate BS. You know how everything, every time he's talking about a tragedy or he's going some, he makes it personal. He starts talking about, well, you know, I know how you feel. Yeah, I, I, or I used to be a boxer too. Or I used, uh, the classic one was he was talking to a truck driver once. So help me goodness, friends. He said, I used to drive an 18 wheeler. He said this to the truck driver. The truck driver looked at him like, say what? Joe, Joe, Joe was lucky to, he, maybe he passed an 18 wheeler on a highway somewhere, but drive an 18 wheeler. No, 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 no. But he'd say, Joe does this. So yesterday he is talking about this major crisis and he says, well, I kind of know how you feel. But we know from experience, I know from experience, how much, how much anxiety and fear and concern there are in the people. We didn't lose our whole home, but lightning struck, and we lost an awful lot of it about 15 years ago. And we had a lot to go to. We had relatives nearby. It wasn't like everything was wiped out. But we know the feeling, that feeling about where am I going to put... He knows the feeling. Now, the thing that's the lie about this, from what I've been able to ascertain, is that um, that he really doesn't know the feeling. See, the lightning hit his house, that's true, and he had a kitchen fire which lasted about 20 minutes. He didn't lose the house, and uh, they knew where they were going to sleep that night. He, he makes it sound like he went through the exact same thing that the people in Florida are going through, and that's just not true. It's, it's a lie. He does this all the time, though, friends. He does this every time he goes to a place that's been through crisis. You know, yeah, and he goes, oh, we, we didn't know where we were going to sleep. How many houses does he have? Yeah, if true. I had a house that got, <laughs> if true. I had a house struck by lightning, damn, well, yeah. call the insurance agent in the morning. Yep. Come on, grab a, you know, grab a go bag, and yep. we're going to uh, the Cape. That's you know? right. And, we're uh, going down to our beach house and, and down at the beach. Uh, yeah, we're you know, and, you know, because he's in uh, politics, you know, all he's got to do is use the uh, the government credit card. He can stay anywhere he freaking wants to. Hey. No problems, no questions. Remember when he was at the swimming pool uh, when he was campaigning and he was talking about corn pop and uh, and all and of the, the hair on his leg yeah, and all and, that yeah, crap. Uh, the, 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 they like the blonde hair. They like to rub his leg. Ay, ay, ay. By the way, as if his confusion at the microphone wasn't bad enough, they have video of him. I can't show it to you. This is an audio program, but they have video of him going over to uh, one of DeSantis's uh, female aides and almost like hitting up on her. And you can almost see her discomfort, like, okay, back off. Uh, but this, he is not, uh, he's, he's not really thinking uh, clearly, uh, if you know what I mean. Okay, why is it that the media, mm-hmm. and this is actually a question for the media, you see all the indiscretions of Joe. Right. We know the story of Hunter. It's all true. We know this. We see every misstep of Joe. We see every stupid thing he says, every stupid thing Kamala says, every stupid thing, you know, their press secretary says, who looks like a rodeo clown with her makeup and hair. We see all the stupid things on the left. You ignore them. You look right over them. Somebody has a little trip or a gaffe on the right. It doesn't matter how how in, uh, inconsequential it is. Mm-hmm. You make a big deal out of it. And even if you flub up, you just blow right over it. And I get it in media. You know, you so you're you saying that over your own tongue, you move on. But you're saying that if someone on the right does what Joe does, they make it top of uh, the top of the page news. Well, yeah. And and if. Joe does something which should be top of the page news. They completely ignore it. Right. They do. They make it a video or verbal meme about it. Now, a lot of this has gone on for years. Obama took mm-hmm. it to the next level. I think he used Keenan as a comedian. They actually went out and did this as 
hit jobs. They took, they took, um, they took humor and made it political hits with humor. And I think it's a tactic that they're doing. And the left is going, the media is going into it now because CNN is under fire. Although I see a lot of stuff on them still, I see MSNBC picking up the, picking up the ball and running with it, with everything, with a glee and a smirk in their face, you know, and they have that little smart, <laughs> I got one on you, you know, you got the mic, you got the camera. You know, you know? speaking of microphones, um, when Joe was vice president at one point, I think it was when Obamacare was passed, Joe uh, leaned over to uh, President Obama and said, and he was like three feet from the microphone, you know, this is a big effing deal. He, but he, he used the word, you know, okay? This is a big effing deal. And Obama looked kind of uh, pu uh, surprised and uh, he nodded, but he was surprised that Joe would use that that word. And Joe did right. it uh, in Florida. Well, that's exactly where I'm going. Yesterday, now that he's president, he walks over to, I believe, um, he walks over to... It was the, the mayor of a town. Yeah, yeah, the mayor of Fort Myers, uh, Ray Murphy. And, yeah, that's him. And here's what he says to Ray. You have to listen very carefully, but you'll hear it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. What he says was, what he said, if you didn't hear it, by the way, you're raised the same way I was. No one Fs with a Biden. Well, let me explain something now. Ray Murphy is a Democrat. Now, Ray, when they were, when he was questioned about it, he goes, oh, it's nothing, man. You know, it's just, this is how guys talk to each other. You know, it's yeah. just two guys talking. Yeah. Joe going around and sniffing a woman's hair. That's just what guys do. All the guys do it, you know. Yeah. They grab women's asses. They sniff their hair. You you ought to know what they really grab. You know what? Joe does this. Well, I don't do that. I respect a lady, you know, and I'm, I'm you know, I, and I know you do too. And I would say ninety nine percent of the men. Well, you know what? I'll I'll be I'll be lenient here. Ninety percent of the male population is respectful to women, not Joe. Oh, you know, he, uh, now that you know what he said, I'm going to play it to you again so you can listen to it one more time. Okay. Clearly. Now you know what he again, I'm going to repeat what he said. He said, by the way, you're raised the same way I was. No one F's with a Biden. And then the mayor says you're GD right. Okay. Uh, except they, they both didn't use the abbreviations. Here's what he said. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You gotta love hot mics. You know they're they're, they're all the yeah, time. Yeah, it seems a lot of people get caught on them, and I sometimes wonder, especially in Joe's case, is that deliberate? And was that whole thing deliberate? Well, it's just something guys say to kind of soften certain blows and you know warm yeah. people up to certain. You know, narratives, I guess, is what I'm trying to well, say. Well, Joe likes to uh, be one of the guys, and uh, he, I think uh, when he was talking at that, remember that we were just talking about when he was speaking at, at that mm -hmm. pool, that swimming pool about corn pop and uh, what it was like, and he said, uh, I guess he was a lifeguard, he said, at that time. I, I didn't know Joe was a lifeguard, He, but I guess he was. Did he know he was a lifeguard? I don't know. I don't know. But he or said, is he uh, just a pedophile? I, I think, don't know. I think the line he said was, uh, uh, I busted my, and then he, he stopped himself. He said, I, I really worked hard and he kind of laughed. Like he, he, he intentionally tried to sound like one of the guys, you know, but he didn't, he didn't go out all the way. He didn't, he didn't finish the sentence, but everybody laughed like, oh, we know what you were really going to say. Um, he is, uh. He's a phony, folks. You know, he. this is the plagiarist. 
This is the guy who back in 1988, when he was running for president, had to withdraw from the president, the, uh, the race for the presidency because it was discovered that he had plagiarized other politicians' speeches. This is a thief and a liar. And that's who we have in the White House. I was thinking, Bill, if you had the most beautiful, most modern airplane in the world, the strongest airplane in the world, the best airplane in the world, right? And you're flying along at 35,000 feet and you've got a guy who doesn't know how to fly the airplane sitting in the cockpit, no matter how good the airplane is, no matter how powerful the airplane is, at some point, the airplane is going to crash. And when it crashes, you're done. I think of that analogy when I think of what's happening to our country right now. We Which have is why if I were on that plane, I would go switch seats in somebody in the back in the tell section because anytime I see a plane crash, that's the one place yeah. that seems to certainly you got a chance then. You know, I, was, I just found the, uh, the quote of how the White House was reacting to the uh, 2 million barrels a day of oil. The quote was from CNN, they're having a spasm and panicking. They're having a spasm and panicking. Apparently, they must have been running around like chickens with their heads cut off yesterday when they heard 2 million barrels a day. They're not going to fix it. We know that. They can't fix it right away. So what they're looking for is how to candy coat it and change how it sounds and point a finger. And, of course, this will go to the right. We'll call it the MAGA right because it can't be the extreme left that mm -hmm. did it. And it's got to be those those wild and wacky uh, uh, MAGA people because those wascals. Uh, that's what they're going to blame it on. I don't have the audio, but I heard the audio yesterday. <laughs> they had, you know, the press conference like they have every day. And one of the reporters said uh, gas prices are going up to like $7 a gallon, seven fifty a gallon in California. Uh, they've raised it. Uh, they've cut back the barrels of uh, production to 2 million barrels a day. OPEC has. What does the White House think about what's happening? Immediately, she blamed Putin. Immediately, well, you know, and and again, we talked about this earlier. Putin is part of OPEC Plus, and maybe he had something to do with it. But well, she let's back this bus up a little bit on Putin. Are you ready? What did we talk about yesterday? He went into a secure bunker. Yeah. Which we thought something's up. Now, we did, we're pretty sure we attacked the Nordic Stream, which is a blatant act of war. They're still denying it, by the way. The U.S. is still oh, I know vehemently denying it. But I think Putin's made up his mind. So, number one, he's deployed four subs. Number two, he's gone into his bunker. Number three, you know, you you spit at thee, I spite back at you, mm -hmm. and that would be, you know, the tightening down now of not the one, but the two million barrels. All right, that's one, that's two. Where's three from Putin? Yeah. What's his next move? Because... He's in the bunker. He's made it, and he said the other day, I'm not kidding. I will use these. I've made up my mind. He's made up his mind. We are going to find out very soon what's going on. You know, there was something that we printed out yesterday. I'm trying to find it, which I, I wanted to mention before the program ends. Uh, don't go away. It was about the, uh, the relevance of the date, 8 Robert oh, K. yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. August 8th was uh, Shinzo Abe's assassination. We Correct. all know about that. September 8th was the Queen of England's death. We all know about that. And we also know that November 8th is the fall election. All of these are key things. Everyone's wondering what's going to happen on October 8th. October 8th is just two days away. Well, whatever it is, it will be the setup. We're probably not having the October, I mean, the November 8th election. Mm -hmm. My mind is thinking that. But then, you know, I've already said it's a foregone conclusion in my mind. Mm -hmm. The steel is in. It ain't going to happen. And I'm telling you right now, friends, you better start stocking up on things. It's going to be a, it's going to be a long, cold winter. Yeah. A bumpy and road ahead. It's a bumpy road ahead. It ain't going to get any better. Um, a friend of yours, a friend of yours had a guest on his show yesterday. Maybe it was his podcast. 
Uh, a oh, he must be talking about Beck. Yep. Chad Robichaux, he's a, a right. Army veteran, and he just got back from the Ukraine. He spent some time traveling, I guess, uh, throughout the, the Ukraine, visiting Army units and seeing right. what they have and what they're working with. And, you know, we've invested, what is it, $67 billion so far since February in the Ukraine, and there's no end in sight. We're going to keep printing it, and we're going to keep sending it. So Robichaux says the following. Uh, listen to this. I saw you about four weeks ago, and you had just come from the front lines uh, over in Ukraine. And I said, what are you seeing? And you said, well, I'm not seeing really any significant American relief. And I'm not, no. And that was the same on this trip, Glenn, and it's really... It's, it's not only sad and unfortunate, it's, uh, it, it needs to be addressed. I mean, uh, there is no congressional oversight on this money. This money is going into a black hole. And uh, in any country in the world, it would be bad. It, it, would, it, would, it would be bad. I mean, people are people, and, uh, and governments are corrupt, and it's going to end up where it shouldn't. And the money's not ending up where it's going. It's U.S. taxpayers' dollars, billions of dollars. And not only that, the, the, it's, it's being sent because it's needed. It's needed to save lives and, uh, and, and restore humanity, and it's not being used for that. So do you think that's us, or do you think that's them, or a combination of the two? I think it's a combination of the two. You know, uh, I've been getting a lot of slack from people, like, why are you over in Ukraine helping? Ukraine's a corrupt country. I'm like, well, you know where else is corrupt? Washington, D.C. Uh, and, and uh, you know, governments are corrupt around the world. Certainly, uh, Ukraine has had a history of corruption, uh, uh, and uh, it's been a hotbed of money laundering and things like that. But so is Washington D.C. and and uh, the fact that this money is not being audited or, or accounted for or or, or uh, you know has any kind of uh, oversight uh, just leaves room for corruption both in Ukraine and Washington D.C. and uh, and, and I don't think it's I think it would not be difficult at all. We have an embassy back in Ukraine now. It would not be difficult to have correct congressional oversight over these funds and make sure they go to the right place. Uh, it's needed. The month, I, I do believe. The money is needed there. I know this, not everyone agrees with that, but you know we have. I believe we should be supporting these people, not in a in a realm of the money that we are giving them. Uh, I think that was too big of a blank check, and uh, you know a lot can be done with a lot less money. Oh, yeah. But it actually has to get to where it belongs. Okay, so think about this for a second: sixty-seven billion dollars given to a country that was notoriously corrupt for decades. Okay, we gave it to uh, a corrupt puppet government, and there's no oversight. So this guy goes over there, and he looks around, and he sees none of the stuff that they're talking about. None of the stuff that they're talking about uh, having over there. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's kind of scary. Uh, you know, where is that money going? Is it going in one door and going out the other door? Absolutely, absolutely it is. In the meantime, we have Florida, right? destroyed, destroyed, a, a good swath of it destroyed at least. And we should be talking about sending tri uh, billions of dollars to them uh, and not the Ukraine. You know, somebody down in Fort Myers, some poor, poor person, you know, with a damaged house and all this destruction around their house, on their flagpole, they put up a Ukrainian flag, and they yeah. asked. They asked him, "Why did you put the Ukrainian flag up?" He said, "Maybe well, Biden will send aid. me. Some, maybe Biden will send me some foreign aid." Exactly. Well, that might work. I might put it on the. You know, I might put my vanity plate on the front of my truck and change it to the Ukrainian flag and put aid, please. Um, <laughs> maybe somebody will see it and send me a you yeah. know some kind of check. You know, yeah, you know, I'd take. I would take sixty three billion dollars. Oh, I would too. Um, yeah, I would. I would in, in a heartbeat. <laughs> and and you know what amazes me is Zelensky. The more you give him, the more arrogant he seems to get. The more demanding he seems to get. Now it's not. Please, would you give us some more, sir? It's you better darn well give us some more. That's how he's approaching this whole situation. His attitude has changed. In in February, it was hat in hand. Now it's demand in hand. Okay, let's say that you come across a wild bear in the woods. Maybe it's injured. You nurture it and you feed it. Right, All right. right. Still a wild animal. Mm -hmm. You know, is it going to say and put out its paw and say, thank you, sir, goodbye, like yeah. it does in the movies? Or is it going to come back and raise hell that it wants 
some more food. What was that uh, that song by Al Wilson that uh, the president quoted? The snake. Snake. Yeah. Take uh, me in, oh tender woman. She yeah. gave yeah. She gave the yeah. snake milk and everything well, to yep. nurse it back to health. She came home and it bit her. Yeah. And why? And she said, "Why did you bite me? Now I'm going to die." He said, "Yeah, she did it. Johnny Rivers did it. I have a rare recording of uh, Johnny Rivers, uh, you know, doing it. It's a great but song. The, the hit was uh, Al Wilson, I believe. Yeah, he that. had the hit. Yeah. Um, if you haven't heard it, listen to it because it it applies to this situation. You yeah, know. I think Trump was a little bit early on that. Uh, you know, using that thing. Before we say goodbye, I got to play this next uh, this next cut. Go ahead. It's." Uh, it's about Chicago. You know, in Chicago, a three-year-old boy was shot over the weekend. Tyson Foods just announced that they're leaving the city of Chicago due to the rampant crime in the city. So what is the mayor of Chicago doing? She's, she's putting a microphone in her office. She's putting on a red sports coat with a, like a bluish silver trim. She oh, puts great. sunglasses on, and she strolls over to the microphone and sings this with the Blues Brothers. Now, mind you, the city paid for this uh, video, right? Now, I hear her singing kind of in the background. Come on. But it's mostly the Blues Brothers. Now, here's the version of the Blues Brothers. And here's a, I'm going to play a little more of it to give you an idea of where the song was going, okay? If you're not totally familiar with it, you know? I think it's a great song myself. I mean, she picked. Oh, a, it is. She picked a good song to sing with. You know, John Belushi and uh, Dan Aykroyd, the Blues Brothers. Uh, shouldn't she be like sitting around a conference room table with a bunch of her aides, figuring out uh, how to how to fight crime in her city and uh, how to get Tyson Foods not to leave the city to to stay in Chicago? I guess Lightfoot's trying to lighten the load on the news, the negative news of Chicago with that. Hey, you know what? I don't mind that she likes that song. I like that song, too. You know, if there were a party going on, I don't appreciate her politics, but I respect all people. What she I'll isn't. sit there and boogie down with, you know. Lori Lightfoot is no Gordon Lightfoot, I'll tell you that much. No. no. Uh, let's Whoa. hope not, too. He, he, had, uh, he had a drinking problem. One other person in the He's news. He's still performing. Just, Oh, he's going strong. He beat that problem. He did. He did. Yeah. Um, uh, Whoopi Goldberg uh, is uh, being called out for her wearing. Somebody said that her latest movie, she was wearing a fat suit. Yes, she I heard answered, that. Yeah. She answered, she said, no, I wasn't wearing a fat No, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Whoopi really is that fat. <laughs> and, and apparently. She, she admitted to it. Yeah, and, and apparently, you know, there's video of it, too. She has gas a lot and doesn't <laughs> mind if she passes it, even on an open mic. So she, she was actually and gassy. She was actually put off on camera that people wouldn't wouldn't realize that was really her. You I know? don't like her politics, but you know what? She's embraced the fact that she's fat. She's said, I'm okay with it. I'm That's happy true. with it. I'm fat. Okay? That's true. We've done it again, Bill. It's over. We've we've done a whole a whole show. It's in the can. Uh, we should point out you can call us at 833-538-7868. If you have a suggestion or a request or a comment about a show, it's simple. 833-538-7868. You'll get our, our answering service and uh, you can leave a message. And also if you don't wanna if you're too shy, you don't want to do a voice message, you can send us an email. Yes, you can. It's mail at itsanotherday.com. Now, I'll tell you, the kind of mail I get are people trying to sell us stuff. You need to go ahead and just, you got a question, send it to us. You got a topic, send it to us. I think you and I, I think we need to boogie out of here. What do you think? Get down, baby. Baby, get down. Yeah. Baby.
don't you want to go? Oh, take me out of here. I was born a poor white child. (laughs) I got no rhythm. (laughs) They call me Stumbles. Stumble it in. Have a great day, my friend. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Come on. I'm getting the heck out of here.